Blog Talk Radio. Michael Gray, Associate Minister at Second Baptist Church, and it's good to be on the radio this morning. Welcome to the show. I thank Apostle Mercer for having me on this morning. This morning, um, scripture comes from Jonah 1, verses 1 through 3, and it reads, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amity, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, because his wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarsus. He went to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fate, he went aboard and sailed to Tarsus to flee from the Lord. And now if I had to title this message this morning, it would be, Stop Running from God. God will speak to us in all sorts of ways and give us commands. But it's up to us to listen to the voice of the Lord. When we don't obey and do what God has called us to do, there's always a consequence to the faith. We wonder why things go wrong, why this is happening, why that is happening. It's all because we have disobeyed what God has told us. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He he knows our every move. He knows our coming, our going. So so no matter what situation we find ourselves in this morning, we can lie to people. We can tell people nothing's going on, but whatever we have going on, we can't hide it from God because He's in control. 
We might hide it from our pastor at church, and we, we might hide it from our spouse. We might hide it from our loved ones, and we might hide it from our children and the folks that we work with. But there's nothing, I mean, absolutely nothing that we can hide from God. God knows that the secrets that we hide they deep down inside better than we know ourselves. So if we think we're fooling God, ah, we just might be fooling ourselves. As we look at the text this morning, we can see that Jonah had a job to do. He didn't really want to do it. Have you ever been in a situation like that? You had something that you had to do, but you really didn't want to do it? So he ran. He ran from God and got himself in a world of trouble. Have you ever had a job to do and you tried to give it off to someone else and had them to do it because you didn't want to do it. Instead of manning up, warming up, and telling them that you can't do it, you just run away. Sometimes we find we try everything to get around what God has called us to do. But God doesn't let us just slip through the cracks. He, tra- he chastises enough. He holds that thing on us until we get back and do what he's called us to do. And and a lot of times what he's asking us to do is nothing major. We the only ones that have a problem with doing it. We try to find every excuse why we can't do it and why we won't do it. So if you ever been in a situation like this, you might know what Jonah Jonah Now we find that Jonah had to go down to Nineveh and preach to the people. But Jonah had another problem. He was selfish. Have you ever met people that are just selfish and as long as they got there, they ain't worried about the next one and they ain't bothered about telling people just how good God is? They, they say, well, you know what? I got mine. Let them get there. This is the kind of people we're dealing with. He didn't think those people needed to be saved. Well, we all have done something in our lifetime that we've been held accountable for. But God didn't hold us against us. He gave us another chance to get it right. But here we find it that Jonah just didn't want to waste time. He didn't He, he didn't have time for that. He said, you know, let them folks do whatever they want to do. I'm not going in there. But how would you feel if someone just left you out there knowing they could help you, but you didn't? This is the kind of situation that Jonah was in, and this is what we're dealing with today. Right in the body of Christ, we have people that sit there and watch their loved ones suffer and go through it. And God is speaking to them. He's telling them to help these folks. And we walk right by with our head up and say, baby, I got mine. You need to get yours. So he decided that he wasn't going to go down there. He was going to do his own thing. Have you ever just say, look, I don't care what God has told me to do. I'm going to do my own thing. This is what Jonah did. He did his own thing. He didn't care what God had said, so he began to run. 
away from God. He had his own agenda. He 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 just like us at times. When we get when we get our own agenda, we could care less about anybody else's agenda. Right now, God tells us to minister our family members, our brothers, our sisters. But since they cuss, drink, we don't we 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 think that they're dirty and we don't have time for them. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the Bible said that we have all sinned and fallen short of His glory. That means at some point in time, we all were dirty, but someone took the opportunity, the, the time, to tell us that God loved us and we was that we could come on back to him. They didn't just leave us out there because we were dirty. They tried to bring us on back in. Let me find it, Jonah. He goes in the direct opposite of where God called him to go. Have you ever been going north and God told you to go south? And then all of a sudden you run into some trouble? Or have you ever been going somewhere and you realize that you're going you're not going the way that God told you. But sometimes we stay on the road because we're trying to do this thing on our own. And there's no way that we're able to do this thing on our own. We need the help of the Lord. When when he told him to go down there he, he he thought it was a filthy place. Well, as we become ambassadors of Christ, disciples of Christ, we're going to have to go to some places that we don't want to go. We're going to have to go in the girls' houses. We're going to have to go in the bars. We're going to have to go uh, where on the street where prostitution, all this stuff is taking place. We're going to have to go there, and we can't look at the place and say, no, I don't want to go there. But there are souls out there that need to be reached, and the only way we're going to reach them is we have to get out there and go and carry the news. A lot of times we get so messed up because we begin to look at the outer appearance. In other words, we act as if we're going alone. He's not going to send us nowhere that he isn't with us, whether it's dirty or clean. We have to go and begin to tell folks how God, how good God is, and that God loves us. There's a lot of folks that aren't even going to make it into the church. So here we are. We sit behind the four walls, and God tells us to go out, and we don't. And we wonder why each and every Sunday, church is not overflowing. Well, church is not overflowing because we're having, we're, we're falling short of our past. We aren't bringing people in. We're waiting for them to come in. And while we're waiting for them to come in, they're there having a good time because they know that no one's going no one from the church is going to come out there and witness to them. And this is where we, as the body of Christ, have fallen short. We have to be, be like on the wall. We have to get out there. We have to go to the places where, well, where, where folks don't want to go. We have to go there and deliver God's word. Now, whether, as long as we deliver that word, whether it falls on, wherever it falls, it falls, but we delivered it. There are times we witness, we preach, 
and we're headed in the wrong way, and we refuse to help those folks. We can see people going in the same way that we did. How many times do we stop them and reach out to them and tell them, say, look, I've been down that road before. Let me help you. You're going down the wrong way. We don't. But what we will do is we'll watch him suffer, we'll watch him go through, and then we'll step on his necks, knowing very well that we could have done something about it. We could have went there and told them just what they were about to do to not to do it. So God is calling us this morning to stop running. Stop, stop running from him and do what he's called us to do. We all on social media spreading the word. We're on the telephone spreading the word, but we won't even spread the word in our own household. We're scared to tell folk just what God has told us to say. We're afraid we're going to hurt some folk. We're afraid people are going to get mad. Oh, let them get mad. As long as we're saving their life, who cares? This is the kind of thing that we are falling short of, and those people that used to be in church are now out on the street, and they're not coming to the church house because they're watching it on social media, and we are sitting there waiting. Well, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for them to come to the door and say, help me. Well, if you can look around this morning, we might be in for a long wait because people aren't, aren't just going to walk in and say, help me. People are just like Jonah. They have their own agenda. And their own agenda starts with waking up Sunday morning, getting coffee, getting breakfast, going to the car wash, cleaning their car, coming back, watching the football game. And they don't even think about the Lord and all. God is calling us to go out and do his will. But we cannot do his will if we keep running. We, when we do these things, we're no different than Jonah. We, we, we're just the same as he is. The, sometimes the only time we're willing to do God's will if it suits us, if it's going to cost us to get our hands dirty, if it's going to cost us to come out of our norm, then we don't want to do it. Our disobedience not only affects us, but it affects other people. When we are disobedient, the folks say, well, he... These people go to church and they don't even listen to what God's saying. So why do I have to listen to God? what God says? We are setting bad examples for the people. Because now not only are they running, we're running. We're, we're supposed to be standing on the wall. We're supposed to be standing up strong in a lot of defense. But now we're running. And when we run, we scare them because they, they're like, wait a minute, I'm not going up in there. Look, look at Pastor so-and-so, Deacon so-and-so. They, they're running from God as well. We have to stand firm. 
on his word. God does not give up on us. He gives us a second chance. Well, have you ever had a second chance on your life that you thank God that he gave you a second chance? Oh, I remember that a long time ago I was going down the wrong way and God gave me a second chance. And I began to shout and tears began to come down my eyes. But we must remember that God is always in control. Even while John was in his, it was inside of the well, God was still in control. Why did you say he was still in control? Because God didn't allow the well to consume Jonah. Sometimes we can be out of the will of God, doing our own thing, and the enemy will come up upon us. But God doesn't let the enemy consume us. He he still watches over us even even when we're not doing what we're supposed to do. What an awesome God we serve. We have to get down back to the basics. We have fallen away from the basics. At times, we find ourselves in the belly of the well. Tribulations going on. We have all kinds of things going on. And we at times we don't feel like we can take no more. But God doesn't leave us there. He comes, He comforts us. He gives us scripture. He gives us confirmation. He gives people words to speak to us to help us along the way. Are we helping someone along the way or are we just as bad as they are? Stop running from the things God has called you to do. Stand still and do his will. They ain't no need to run. He said, I'll be with you even to the end of time. Now, you've got to believe no matter where you go, whether you go in a bar, prison house, wherever you go, grocery store, that God is with you. So there's no need to run. Stand up and tell them what God said. Don't worry about how they feel. Don't worry about how they receive it. Give them what God is giving to give to them. Stop running and stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. We have dealt we have dealt with situations and problems that only God could have brought us out. But once he brings us out, what do we do? Do we come back into the church house or do we go back to doing the same thing that we were already doing? A lot of times we will go right back to the things that God has just brought you out. Why? Because you are disobedient. You don't want to listen to what God has to tell you. You don't want to do the things that he has to tell you. And then you wind up and you get in trouble and the first person you call is God. That's the first person you call. You call on his name. You get things going. You go back to church for, for a month or so. He gets you back to where you need to get back to. And all of a sudden, there you go again. You're running again. Uh, you're right back to the same routine. 
God is calling you out of your comfort zone this morning. He's calling you to come forth and take heed to his word. This world is is going to pieces because we're not listening to the voice of the Lord. We are listening to the voice of man. And where man is carrying us is on the road to destruction. If we don't turn our ears to God and listen, we're going to find ourselves in a world of trouble. We're going to find ourselves in somewhere where we don't want to be. We have to know the word. We have to have the word in our belly. So not all the time will we have a Bible with us, but we will be able to pull from our belly and tell the devil just what God said. A lot of times we won't even stand up to the devil. Why? Because it requires us to do some work. It requires us to go in prayer. It requires us to read scripture. Sometimes we just want the easy way out. Stop running. It's time to stop running and settle down. God has work for you to do, but he can't give you the work if you're running. He can't speak to you if he's looking at you and all these people the back of your head. Somebody's been running for a while. God says, time to stop. Time to stop. God, God has been calling you this morning. But you won't even answer his call. When he calls you, the first thing you said is, I'm not ready yet. When will you get ready? Time is is not on your side. Every day is a gift to you and I because someone didn't make it that day. But we will say, I'm not ready yet. When we're not ready yet, that means we're still running. When you're ready, you stop running. And you're ready for God to do what he, what he has to do. Sometimes he gives you a task. And it might be right there in your own home. home. And sometimes you won't even do it because you don't understand. But God, the word of God said that we will understand it better by and by. He didn't say that we would understand it right now. He said, better by and by. Sometimes we we go to places that we aren't supposed to be there, but we go there because we go there because we're going, we're doing the opposite of what God has told us to do. And when we get there, we find ourselves uncomfortable. And we don't know what to do next. Well, if we stop and, and, and think back, we remember God had told us not to go there. Don't go there. But we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. We don't want to do what God wants to do it 
wants us to do, that we have to do. God is everywhere. He has all the power. We must give up on God, but he won't give up on us. Have you ever just threw in the towel one day and said, I'm done? I don't want to do this anymore. This is too much. And you walk away. But he allows you to come on back. After you don't went out there and had a good time, did all you wanted to do, he still allows you to come back. What 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 kind of God are we serving? We serve a loving God. A God that cares for us. A God that's willing to do anything that we ask. The problem is we won't do what he asks. We keep running. He's given us chance after chance to do his will. But yet, we do something else on the next day. God, God, is, God is setting you up to minister to the people. And what you do, you walk right by them. Why? Because they look funny. They smell funny. Sometimes you have to forget all about the outer appearance and look into their hearts. Stop running this morning and do what God's called you to do. It's time that we stop running from him and begin to run to him. God wants to be in the control of our lives on this morning. Oh, some of us might need God to just toss us overboard. So we could be in the world's belly. And when we do so, we'd have time to think about the things that we that we that God had told us to do that we didn't do. God is calling you this morning. He don't he's tired of you running. He's tired of that. He wants you to answer his call. He's not gonna tell you somewhere that he hasn't been. He wants the best for you and I. But he can't give us the best if we keep running away. Amen. 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 Uh, Is there anyone that needs prayer on this morning? Yes. Good morning, uh, Reverend Gray. That's such a beautiful word that you gave. It's so very important. And especially for the um, radio listening audience to have faith and more faith in God. Amen. So can you pray, can you give us a corporate prayer, including myself, at least about our faith so that we can do the things that stop running, Reverend Amen. Gray? Amen. Father, on this morning, Lord, we ask that you would strengthen our faith, Lord. Lord, we know that there's work to do, there's a task to do. But sometimes, Lord, we, we get afraid. We get afraid, Lord. Mm-hmm. We have to go on here by ourselves. But you told us that you would be with us, Lord. Lord, we ask that, that this morning that you would uh, you would come by and give us give us a sign, Lord, that you are with us and that any task that you've given us, Lord, that we're equipped to do it. Oh, God, strengthen us right now, Lord, that no matter what we face in the coming days, God, we will be able to withstand. Hide the word in our hearts, Lord, that we will be able to speak your word 
in our time of need, God. Help us to minister to someone that is lost, that they may come in and say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? Oh, it's time to stop running from God and run to God. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, truly, that was a powerful word from our speaker, Reverend Michael Gray, that we need to run to God and not run from God when God has something for us to do, that we just have to build up our faith that God can do anything but fail. Good God Almighty, let me say it again, that God can do anything but fail. And we just thank the Lord for his word. We thank the Lord for his speakers. Truly, we have some awesome men and women of God. I would encourage you that Monday through Friday, from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m., Eastern Standard Time here in the United States of America. I'll say it again, USA Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m., And as always, we could hear the awesome word on Sundays from 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock. Again, that's 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock. Some of you may have tuned into the station and want to know the call number. The call number is 319-527-6036. Again, that's 319-520-6036. Yes, we have some awesome speakers and teachers through the week. We have uh, Mrs. Rice. We have her husband, Reverend Leroy Rice. We have Reverend uh, Michael Gray that you just heard, who is awesome this morning, as well as Reverend Raymond Lucas. We have Pastor uh, John Jones. We have Dr. James Jones, and the list just goes on that we are so grateful here at the Fivefold Ministry to hear those awesome speakers and preachers of the Word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, beloved, that we just love the Lord so that we want to exalt, edify, and encourage you to continue your walk in the Lord. Don't be a Jonah where you run away from God and then you go, woe is me. And we have another awesome speaker as well. And truly, we need to build up our faith. And I would like to encourage you to listen to my dad on Thursday. His name is Apostle Alexander Lockerbie. Again, 
His name is Apostle Alexander Lockamy, and he's with us on Thursday night p.m. I want you to sit back and abase yourselves at this time, and I just want you to enjoy the worship. There is nothing like worshiping God. There is nothing like calling out to the Lord. And I always say, if God can't do it, it can't be done. You are wasting your time when you don't uh, give it over to God, but you just leave it to yourself. Good God Almighty, that we need to just go ahead and trust God. And always read our words daily, and especially as Jeff Major says, read that Psalms 23 and let it be a melody in your heart, as Kurt Franklin just sang, that when you have those scriptures and that faith in the word of God in your heart, it's a melody from heaven. Good God Almighty, let us listen to Jeff Majors at this time. Amen.
That is Reverend uh, Michael Gray that we heard today, and we just heard also from Jeff Major's song, 23. You know, it's so very important that you keep your faith, beloved. This road of Christianity is not an easy road. I'll say it again. If I step on your toes, just say, ouch, because the truth will hurt like a two-edged sword. You know, being a Christian is not an easy thing. You know, I I think about myself that I was raised in a household where my mom read a little Red Testament, and she introduced me to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and she told me about faith, Hebrews 11. and, And she said to me, she said, daughter, I noticed that you're pulling and tugging closer at God. And I said, yes, I want to know more about the man that sits high and you look low. And I'm going to go down to the churches. And she said, baby, whatever you do, don't go down there. She said, because I don't go. I said, mama, why you don't go? I don't have the pretty hats and the suits. And I don't dress all fancy like the other women on Sunday. They put on their Sunday best and they go down there. She said, I just got my little regular clothes and my work clothes. I said, ma. You're more holier than the ones that's down there. I said, I've seen them uh, chewing and doing things in the parking lot. I've seen them, what they said in the bathroom. I have seen them in the true character, even when I was on the choir. I said, Mom, but I got to go because I feel a push of God. Good God Almighty. You know, I didn't want to go. I felt like Jonah. I was trying to run. And Mother told me if I go down there, not only would I get beat up, but it's going to affect my own emotionalism dealing with the rejection of others. I didn't understand. But, you know, the deeper that I got into Christie, the more I saw the prejudice that they had against women preachers and teachers and pastors and overseers or even bishops because they said if a man desired an office, that he should uh, seek the call of a bishop, in my own words. And I couldn't understand what was the separatism with a man and woman in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did not Jesus tell Mary, a woman, to go tell the men, his disciples, that he has risen? Let's stop right there. I thought about that thing. I said if it was all about men, God could have walked in and talked to his men himself. He didn't have to tell a woman to tell a man anything. Because you hear men today, uh, a woman can't tell a man nothing. A woman uh, can't be in a church. Ah! Oh, I'm going to step on your toes. I feel it coming. Some of you puffing your jaws now. Yeah, your face is all bent up, but I'm going to say it. You say a woman can't tell you nothing, but Jesus himself said, go tell it. Go tell my disciples. And when you look at that, what was the reason why a woman had to tell a man anything? Maybe because he was too occupied in the upper room talking to other men. Maybe he was talking politics. Maybe he was talking the law. Maybe whatever he was doing, he wasn't in the right frame of mind or in the right statue that God could go in and talk to his 
his own male creation made in his image. He sent his help me. Whoa, I'm going to step on toes this morning. In Genesis, he made Eve from man's rib and in their image. And he told Eve, man, you go tell it. You know, sometimes men need help. Not that they're not masculine, not that they're not strong, not that they're not leaders, not that they're not head of a family or home, but sometimes they need the voice of a woman to say, you know what, let me let me tell you something that God put on my heart, or let me whisper something in your ear. Yes, she told him something else, and he fell from grace, but we that's another story. But right now, he told Mary, you go tell it. Go tell my men that I have risen. Yes, there is a place for women in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we like Jonah. We want to run into the belly. Yes, we don't want to do it. Like my mother told me, don't go. And when I went down there, I couldn't understand why I couldn't sit on the front row. I had got there early to the church, and I was all excited, and I couldn't wait to hear the preachers and hear the choirs. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to go into church today and have a good time. I even brought my tambourine. I was told, get off the front row. You're not a minister. I said, well, God said, well, where your license at? I said, well, God said. I said, but he said, come in the house like you are. Plus, you're not dressed a certain way. You got on red lipstick and big earrings and a red dress. Why are you sitting on the front row? I said, because I got here early and the church was empty. Well, this is the mother's seat. This the deacon seat. This the minister seat. I said, I understand there's order, especially when I'm in a classroom. The teacher's at the head of the class, and sometimes she have teacher's aid, so we have to sit accordingly, even according to our name. There's seating arrangements. But what's the real problem that I can't sit up here? You got on them Jezebel colors. I said, uh-oh, you know, I was at a holiness apostolic church anyhow, Pentecostal and apostolic. That's where how I was raised, and Baptist. I said, well, I don't understand. I said, I got my best dress on. I put out my afro. I think I look pretty good. I put some little rouge on my lips because everything is dry. I want to look nice. I got my lotion on my hands. But you can't sit here. So through it all, I just couldn't understand the rejection in the church when God said, come as you are. Then I thought about what my mother said. Don't you go down there, baby. They're going to mess with you. I said, but my God is telling me go to the house of the Lord where I can hear the word. Hey, so I can fellowship with believers. It is good when brothers can come together. She said, yeah, but they judge my note. They prejudice. They're going to look you up and down. And then I, I I was talking to the pastor, and he was a beautiful, beautiful guy, Apostle um, Kanea uh, Showell, and I went to the First Apostolic Faith Church. I loved it, and I was treated with respect. And he said, daughter, I said, yes, sir. He said, you make my job really difficult. I said, why? He said, you know, so many people want to see if you call. He said, but I said, yeah, God said that you are. I said, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I loved it that I was received by the head uh, priest himself where everybody else wanted to reject me because of my hairstyle, my lipstick, my earrings, my dress. You know, I'm a young woman. I'm not going to have it all the way down to my toes and, and have a veil all over my head. I'm I'm not a Muslim, and I'm sure not a, 
uh, a nut. So I, I just dress according to my culture and the way that is in my society as a young woman of God. Virtuous or not everything showing or revealing, but uh, just the color red. I said, I don't understand. I got on a red dress. Didn't Jesus bleed red blood? Didn't he say he died for all? He said, yep. So I, I pressed my way because I was received by the man of God, the head of First Apostolic Faith Church, who treated me nice. And I would encourage anybody to visit that sanctuary. In doing so, I visit other churches that was associated with the conference as well as others, and and I found out that women couldn't preach in the pulpit, that we could go to the nursing homes, we could go down to the prisons, uh, we could go out in the marketplace and evangelize, we could get on a bullhorn, couldn't go behind the roster of the pulpit or be on the altar. And I didn't understand it. They said, women can't preach. That's a good God Almighty. But I heard awesome preachers like uh, Dr. Uh, Carolyn Showell, and I heard uh, uh, others uh, like Dr. Uh, Coretta Harris. It was a lot of great preachers and teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even I met uh, Dr. Juanita Bottom. I couldn't understand what was the problem that women couldn't say anything. And as I dove, I got a, I got a little deeper as I dove deeper into scripture, and the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to go to school, to Bible school, uh, to learn the Bible. And he, he put me in seminary. And I said, God, I don't want to go to Bible college, institute, and seminary. I said, why do I have to go? And God laid it upon my heart that sometimes people don't think you're qualified unless you went to uh, school to learn homiletics, homogeneous. Uh, you do uh, all of the uh, sermons accordingly, the expository, and there's a lot of things that you got to know. I said, God, I don't understand. I said, you're going to tell me what to say anyhow. You said if I open up my mouth, you'll speak for me. But I did uh, what God told me to do. I was obedient. And the deeper that I went into the scripture, that I saw that God showed me that it was necessary because some people will line up your qualifications based on your title. They don't want to say that you're a minister, that you're a reverend, that you're a deaconess, uh, you're an elder. God knows you better not say you're a pastor. Lord, have mercy. And I saw that God had no respect of person. There was a lot of male and females in the class. But sometimes the women had to run into the uh, well's belly because they were judged and, and they were persecuted and they were lined up with the word and they were, had a measuring stick. And, you know, my family's from Harlem, New York, and we were up there about Apollo. We got some fancy dresses in our family. So eventually I saw how the first ladies dressed with the big hat and gloves and, and the nice suits. I said, I like that. I like to have some bling bling and I like to look clean clean. And I started to dress like that. And then all of a sudden, I was examined, why are you dressed like that? Are you a first lady? Are you a pastor's wife? Who are you? I said, Lord, have mercy. I'm just coming into the church trying to fit into the Christian society of hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good God Almighty. It was sad that I didn't receive, I'm not saying at any particular church, these are churches that I visit around here in uh, the state of Maryland, 
that I would just drop in from time to time. I didn't get the love and the hug that I got from uh, Apostle uh, Cadillia Showell. I didn't get the reception that I got from him. But when I went to other places in their conference and just visit a night service, that, no, you can't sit up here. Are you ordained? I said, I'm in college. Well, did you get your ordination yet? And I said, okay. I said, well, let me go to school because I see I can't even sit anywhere in the church. Even though I'm in minister's college, I still, you know, was not receiving. And I had people uh, to just to see how well that I know my exegesis. I said, Lord, have mercy. And I never will forget when I went on and um, I met my godfather, who was the, uh, I call him my first grandfather I ever had because I was an orphan, and I was adopted into a family. So I met a man that said, baby, why don't you come on with me to my church? You've been down there at the apostolic. Come on to the Baptist. I said, all right. I went into the Baptist and joined the Baptist conference, and I was like, I really had to learn the letter of the word. Yes, I did. <laughs> and while I was down there, I never will forget that when I was in the Baptist conference, he said, well, we're going to do our ordination service and we recommend you. I said, what? Me with big earrings, red lipstick, and a red dress? I'm just an old poor country girl from Eastside, Baltimore. I said, are you sure? He said, yes, come on. Let me slow on down for my international listeners. That there are times that people are going to judge you by the color of your skin. There are times that people are going to judge you how you pronounce and announce your words. There are times that people are going to judge you by your clothes and your shoes and if you're clean or you're ashy. There are times that people are going to judge the mirroring. I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, all right. I said, help me, Holy Ghost, that I can stand up before my brethren and be accepted into the body of Christ because God tugged at me like he did Jonah. And I was trying not to run because I, I met a man that met me at a time when I didn't have a job. I didn't have no hope. I didn't have the training. I didn't have the skills to get a job. I was sitting in a little cold kitchen at my mother's house, and I said, God, if you be God, help me. I took a little old typewriter out, and I taught myself how to type until my speed picked up. And then I applied for a state and federal job. Oh, hallelujah. And God heard my cry and gave me the job as well as about two or three interviews after I prayed. I said, good God Almighty, this must be God. Because nobody knows what I'm talking about because I'm talking in the spirit to the air. But I believe my mother said that you got to go by faith, Hebrews 11. Good God Almighty. And when I got those credentials and the Baptist Conference uh, did their ordination and they invited every church, we must have had about 100 pastors, mostly male, maybe about one to five females. And the females, of course, they all second that emotion for me to get a day. But the men were looking at me with their arms crossed. <laughs> I said, well, let me take these earrings off because maybe they say I'm from the street, but I might be a street pastor. I don't know, a street evangelist. I don't know, a street missionary. But I took off the earrings. And then I said, let me wipe the rouge off my lips. They're going to be dry and cracked and all messed up. <laughs> I said, let me go ahead and look as plain as I can. And he said, I want to uh, just strip myself. And I said, I didn't even want to put lotion on my head. I want to be too shiny. I want to be accepted. 
Oh, my God. And as I was sitting there, I remember one pastor when I was giving my answer because they, they questioned us according to scriptures and theology and doxology and uh, everything you can uh, think of that they questioned us in reference to the Bible itself and to see if we were worthy to be ordained according to the scripture. They examined us up and down. And one time I gave an answer, uh, one of the pastors balled up his face so bad, I thought he was uh, had to go to the bathroom right then and there, trying to trick me up because he said at the end, he said, you know, I try to distract you. I said, I thought you had to use the toilet. And he bust out laughing. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But those are the things that you go through. It's not an easy road, beloved. You can look at Jesus' life, that Jesus walked among his own. And even when he decided to get his disciples, he had to just get regular, uh, everyday folks like you and I that said, come on and follow me. Good God Almighty. And when he was examined by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that they wanted to know who is this. And even those that was in the high heads of authority, the priests themselves, they even hemmed them up and nailed them to a cross. So if they're going to nail Jesus, you be prepared. You got to have tough skin. I never will forget my grandfather said to me, he said, baby, how tough is your skin? He said, you get ready to go through some things because you're trying to walk on the door or get in the boat. Get ready. I didn't understand, and I, I went on and uh, to the Bible, we said, we said college for a year, I mean institute two years, college four years, Seminary is above, so that's like the highest you can go in. And I said, "Oh my God!" I went through all the steps and got all the way down and got ordained. And then I had to do my sermon. <laughs> I got up in that pulpit. I waved my flags because I'm also a apostle prophet. But at the time, I had the praise and worship in me, and I waved my little flags, and I got. Uh, behind the pulpit, I said, God, I'm getting ready to open my mouth. You speak for me. And it's what it is right there was a testimony. I testified according to my life what God did for me. And my teacher said, we want you to preach a sermon, not give a testimony. I said, but my testimony is my sermon. I said, you all preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did for me. He said, I don't know. I said, well, maybe I have a place somewhere in this kingdom that this call is for a reason. I never knew that God had made me that way, that I couldn't shine with the homiletics or hermeneutics or the expository or exogesis or this beautiful, fine sermon because God put me out on the street with the prostitutes. He put me out on the street with the pimps and the drug dealers. He put me out on the street with the homeless people. He put me out on the street on the drug corners and gang corners. And I was able to just be myself. And I, I didn't have nobody but myself to go with me because most people were afraid to go down to that neighborhood because for those in the United States, I know you've seen The Wire, and The Wire came out of Baltimore City. That's where I was, right there on Greenmount and Guilford Avenue where The Wire was filmed. And I was there. I was the mother of the whole community, regardless what you was. You could come in, get your hood. They said, um, they called me pastor. I said, no, I'm just a missionary in the field right now, that I've been ordained as a reverend, but I'm not a pastor. And they said, but you got on your pretty suit. I said, it could be clean. They said, but I'm dirty. I said, it doesn't matter. I could wash my hand. I said, we all God's people. 
by surprise, the little church that holds 25 wind up having about 250 people constantly in and out the door, around the corner. And when they finished their business, they said, Mommy? I said, yeah. Are you finished church? I said, yeah. They said, okay. I closed it up, and they respected enough to let me preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the past, uh, the pastors decided, well, you have proven your work. Uh, you have been to college, and you took up all your uh, requirements to be an elder, to get ordained, and now you're a reverend. And God is showing us the next step is for you to be ordained as a pastor and to be installed, Reverend. And I said, oh, oh we're going to have some problems now because I heard a woman shouldn't even be in a pulpit left over off a man or any males. But I went on because I, I believed in the Baptist Conference. We hooked up to Hampton University. It's eight to 10,000 pastors and ministers and preachers, and those are the gospel of Jesus Christ that come every June or July in the summertime to Hampton University. So these uh, men that was in leadership and sat on the board there, those uh, those high-ranked officers, after they ordained uh, me as an elder, uh, as a reverend, elder, then reverend, then they installed me as a pastor. I said, I can't go wrong if the men sit on the board and they've been out here longer than me, 40 and 50 years, so I went on and trusted I tried to go into the uh, well's belly because I didn't want to stand out there and, and always get tried and tested and somebody get up in my face. I said, look, let me tell you right now, I'm country. Country to me means that I am who I am. I'm not uh, sophisticated enough with you think that I'm going to announce and pronounce these words a certain way, that I'm just a good old everyday folks that's going to say ain't and y'alls and milks and all of that that I have my own dialect. I said, I'm from Virginia. So I'm telling you right now. And I loved it. I had more people receive me from the street of Baltimore and understood what I said and just talked. And it was a it was a good turnout. And from there, I had others to come in that wanted to join the ministry or those leaders that wanted me to be their pastor, which made me an overseer to about three churches. And then after that, I got a, a dame, a firm, or whatever you say, as a bishop over churches. I said, a woman can't be a bishop. I'm not a man that desired an office, but they say you're doing the work. Not only are you overseeing uh, different churches in different states, but then the call is that leaders are drawn. I said, all right, I went on and did that by faith. Still wanted to run, hold on to the tail of the fish. I wanted to go into the belly, go into the belly of the whale and just say, look, I want to hide. But God showed me that they are those that are hurting. They are those that are rejected. They are those that desire leadership. They are those that's pushed in another room. There are those in the upper room that you can't even go and sit down and have a conversation unless you bring out your credentials, your title. I've been in ministry 25 years. I've been in ministry 50, 60 years. You could be in ministry one day, but if God got a work for you to do, your qualification is what God told you to do. Good God Almighty. You know, I, I look at and I give all tribute to uh, leaders along the way, but when I think about even this radio station, I look at Archbishop Messiah uh, Abrams, that I look at her, that here is a woman 
that have a radio station that cater to over maybe 50 pastors and bishops and apostles that's all over the world. And not only does she oversees us on the radio and she monitors everything that we say, she will question if we go too far out of our circle, and she will join in and participate to glorify God as she travels around the world, especially to Jamaica and Florida. And as she goes, there are those that want her to establish councils and uh, churches and uh, uh, fellowships. And and God has shown me that when you are an overseer and that when God elevates you to that of an apostle, that it's, a, it's where, like the disciples, you can go to different regions and establish churches or oversee those leaders of churches because you have graduated from middle school to high school to college, now you are in seminary. Hey, hallelujah. That here this woman had to do these things, and I'm sure she got beat up along the way. She got questions along the way. She got critiqued along the way, because I did. It is sad, beloved, in a time like this, when God said, go tell it, Mary, go tell it, Margie. You got a lot of mouth. You like to run your mouth. You from uh, the east side of Baltimore, as they say, east side, and you out there in the street with the people every day, go tell it that I love them. Go tell them that I died for them. Go tell them that I rose for them. Those that's rejected, give them a hug. Those that set back, give them an opportunity. And those that's discouraged, give them a hug. I said, Lord, have mercy. I tried to run, beloved, because as my mother said, being a Christian or a Christian leader is hard. It's hard to go in and you just want to fellowship and somebody want to chew gum and be on a cell phone and, and, and talk. And, hey, how you doing? Like they're going into somebody's house. No, we're going into the sanctuary of God. We're going into the uh, holies of holies. We're going into the priests. Uh, sanctuary where they used to tie a rope around the priest. If there's any sin, they would pull him out because God is a God of decency and order. So when I go into the church, I'm going in there with my mind straight on the altar in the pulpit because I want to hear from heaven, like melody from heaven. I want to know what God got to say that day because I look at it as a prophetic word, that it's a noun word that's going to help me in my journey of today as well as tomorrow. Good God Almighty. And as I go in, I find sometimes that sitting there, the people going to judge your clothes up and down. That's why <laughs> when I go to the churches now, they don't even know my call. I sit at the back of the church and visit. And I watch them still look at you from the head to your toe down to your shoes. Watch how you walk up the altar to give your money. Oh, I'm going to step on your toes. Some of them look at, see what you drop in the basket. How much money she put in there? Was it a dollar or was it $10? Good God Almighty. I watch how if you feel happy, you want to clap your hand or shake your tambourine. And all of a sudden, don't she know our denomination that we don't do this in here? Good God Almighty. <laughs> and as you go in, I see sometimes, I say, wouldn't it be something? that if I go sit on that front row <laughs> in some of these churches, because some of them know that I am a reverend, I am ordained, so I am qualified to sit up in the clergy seats now. It took some uh, doing and years of uh, uh, doctrine and teaching. But you know what? 
I could sit there, but I desired to sit in the congregation. And then when I look at it, I said, I know why Jesus went over to the other side, that he was with his disciples ministering to the people. But at the end, he had to get away. I'm sure he said, Lord, have mercy, that my Jesus just went over to the other side of the river, that he went over the other side to get away from his disciples and his people, because I know he had to look at the foolishness of man that was coming there to hear the word of God, the, the chatter, the talk, the conversation, the judgment, the criticism, the critique like some of y'all are doing now. What is she saying? What is she talking about? Here's a scripture. Yes, a scripture. Read it in the Bible for yourself. Jesus was rejected. I was rejected. The man of God was uh, critiqued. I'm being critiqued. And some of you right now listening trying to figure out where I'm coming from. Guess what? It's not about you. It's about God. You know, I like to move out the picture to give other people opportunity. And I wasn't even going this way because after Reverend Gray had preached, I said, God, what you want me to say? That I was trying to just look at some of the sermons that I had or some of the preachers that came before me to give them a chance to go here and enjoy what God has given them to shine for the Lord and for you. But God, I open my mouth. I said, God, I'm open my mouth, and you speak for me. God is trying to tell me that there's a lot of prejudice in the church. There's a lot of hypocrisy in the church. There's a lot of false judgment in the, the church. Don't you know that we are going into the holies of holies? You know, just like you wipe off your feet to come into somebody's house that got carpet. Hey, hallelujah. When you walk in, you you put your head down like you're going into a courtroom. You know, you be humble, you be quiet, you follow the rules. And you sit there, you wait your turn to even speak. You don't be chattering when the judge come in the room. When the judge come in, everybody got to be quiet or they'll put you out the courtroom. Just because we're welcome in the house of God don't mean we can do anything in the house of God. What gives you the right to come in and pop uh, chewing gum? What give you the right to be on a cell phone and be texting? What give you the right to be uh, chitter-chatting with your friends? You could have stayed at home. That's how I am. My church will be empty many a times. I used to tell them, if you don't know how to treat God's house, I'm coming here just for me and God. I didn't care. I didn't want to be held accountable for you coming in and causing sin and ruxes and distraction. Baby hollering and screaming when the man of God got to preach, get your butt up and take the baby down to the nursery so that people can hear the word of God. And if you miss it, then buy a tape. They get CDs. Why do you have to sit there and let that baby holler and scream because the little dress looks cute and you want everybody to see how nice you dress your daughter or son? Uh-oh. I hope it ain't you and I stepped on your toes. But be respectful to the preacher. Be respectful to the, the churches. Be respectful to the man or woman of God that we sitting up there already trying to, we already nervous. We already know some of us like myself that I'm not a, a great uh, preacher or speaker or even a teacher in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're standing there nervous hoping God will speak to us. And you got people rolling your eyes and you got people looking if your, rag, your robe is raggedy. They're looking at if you, if you got rules on and you're trying to hear from the Holy Ghost and you got the right ear open that God will speak to you while you speak to his people. You're very sensitive that you're trying to be in tune with God so he can give you the word, and you look out on the 
congregation. You know she's a woman, she shouldn't be up there. You know our nationality or our denomination don't believe in that. Who invited her anyhow? And being myself, I'm very sensitive to the spirit. I can hear you. I can see you in the sea of demons that's around you. And I'm up in that pulpit trying my best to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. And then I have people looking at me with all of these, as God says, uh, misjudgment of who I am in the body of Christ. You need to be careful, beloved. Many of us want to go in the well's belly. Many of us want to run from the call. But God, we're afraid that if we don't do what God said, we could drop dead. Good God Almighty. That we got to go forth and do what God said. I don't know about you. But I'm trying to live right and live holy. Get myself together and repent every day so I can make it in. Do you see how this world is? We got wars and rumors of wars. We dealt with two years of COVID. We got the flu and pneumonia season coming and now COVID back on the rise. We got all the stuff, uh, you know, about big nations taking over little nations of people. This world is in trouble. We're in danger, beloved, and we're Christians. And thank God that there was a time that they had different denominations fighting among themselves. But since COVID didn't have calmed down, so it appears it has calmed down. But now they're fighting against nationality. That if you are a Jew or if you are a Gentile or if you with this organization or that, get rid of the foolishness. Time is winding up, you know, and I, I, I look at this thing. I said, don't they realize how special we are to God, that God has given us an opportunity to enjoy his glory in the land of the living, to see his magnificence, to see his artistry, to look at the birds and the bees and how he has designed even the colors on a fish of the scales of a fish. To look at the how the sun and the moon is set, to look at all the knowledge that he has given man so he can have an opportunity to advance. Good God Almighty. To look at the herbs and all the medicines that he left here so we can heal our body, even down to a headache. God took care of that. The stress of life itself, that, that there are mothers and those that's praying that our economy get right so we can have opportunity to have bread on our face. And we are worried about, and we are critiquing men and women in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's sad. You know, I I, I had my goddaughter turn me on to TikTok because I like some of the music and the little Christian um, TikToks, and it makes me laugh. Phone call from a friend of mine, and she said, I want you to listen to this pastor here. I listened to that pastor, and God knows that man was teaching a good word. And he knew his Bible well. But all of a sudden, I heard a growl. It's like he got angry. And he was bashing other pastors and leaders, not considering the souls that got saved under that man, not considering those that followed him around the world. He talked about his gender, his likes and dislikes. Don't sleep with the man. But it looked like he knew everything about it. Talked about his preaching, his ministry, his books, his TV, his radio program. Bashed another preacher. God said we should not judge. You're already judging a woman. 
And now you're judging another male. A man of God, is anybody right to you? I don't understand it. Do you realize that people got saved under that man? What he do is between him and God. I one time told my son, my son said, I'm not going to go to his church because he's just as bad as I am. I said, well, if God is leading you to go there, you got to go. I said, well, maybe you can learn something. Maybe you can pray him through. Maybe you can see what is the problem so you don't make the same mistake. Or maybe you can make it better by volunteer and helping those things in this church. But don't condemn your brother. You don't stay in his house. You don't eat food. You don't sleep with him. You're not married to him. How are you going to bash another preaching teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ? God said, try the spirit with the spirit. He didn't say judge the spirit, damn the spirit, curse the spirit. Have you been close enough to fill that man's spirit to know if it's antichrist or not? God forbid. It's sad that God has given a good word in these preachers' bellies, prejudice, the separatism, the judgmentalness of people, and I made that up, judgmentalness, <laughs> that you are going to critique another man that's trying to talk about Jesus according to the word. You done left what he's saying about scripture, and you done got to his character, his hairline, if his pants are tight, if he got on a body shirt <laughs> that uh, look like his, he got on, especially a woman, she got on rouge or fingernail polish and all this stuff. You know, when God called me, I said, God, I said, your people must be in trouble. I said, you got too many preachers worldwide. You don't need me. I said, God, you died for these people. I didn't do it. These are your souls that you made. Why I got to go out there and say anything to these people? They're not going to like me anyhow because I'm going to say what I, I believe you telling me to say. You put on my heart. Lord, have mercy. I said, God, I don't even want to do this, especially when my mother warned me how it's going to be. But as the preacher said today, I tried to go in the well's belly. One person told me one time, they said, you know, this person trying to take your ministry. I said, first of all, it's not my ministry. It's God. If God want me to have it, I'm going to have what I'm doing. If not, then he'll take it away. Maybe it's not my season to do X, Y, and Z. But I'm not worried about no man competing, comparing, and judging and stuff, trying to out-preach and teach. I don't care. God said you judge nobody that you line the word up with the word. I felt sorry for the preacher. I called my girlfriend back. I said, you know, I thank you for telling me to turn on to this man on TikTok. I said, man, stop preaching and start talking about another pastor. Start talking about the women and, and, and talking about lipstick and rouge and, and talking about people, nationalities and all this stuff. I said, you know what? One day he started talking about color. He said, if a man were pink, he's a sissy. I said, where is it in the word of God that pink is a sissy color or a homosexual color? That's what he said. I didn't say it. Uh-oh, I'm going to step on toes. He said, I'm going to say this. If you got on a pink or a man wearing pink, whether you're a sissy, you're a homosexual, you wear a pink, pink is a color in a diamond. Do you not see pink sometimes glitter from jewelry? Is not rubies have a tint of pink? The rainbow, there's various colors in things that God has made. Flower, there's pink rose. Am I supposed to say to the rose, rose, you're a gay rose. You're a homosexual rose. 
So I can't buy you rose. I got to buy a red rose or a yellow rose or a white rose. I can't get a pink rose. Come on now. Get rid of the foolishness. Stop judging color. Stop judging nationality. Stop judging headdress. Stop judging how man, if his clothes is too tight, they are those men that's so muscular, what they said, biceps or triceps, they, they is going to be tight unless it's sloppy. Keep your eyes on the prize. The prize is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The prize is the word of God. The prize is being saved. The prize is having eternal life. Tell me about another man and you know live in this house. Have you walked in his shoes? Don't go out there wasting time. I wish I did. Uh, able to afford some of the things on Instagram, uh, uh, blob and and TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and all these stations. You're wasting the time making people become hypocrites of the gospel. They judge Jesus. Why? Because he didn't come in a chariot. Why? Because he was Mary's baby. Why? Because he was a carpenter's son. Why? Because his hair was woolly. Why? Because he was a carpenter. He was a regular human being to say, look, I come to tell you that there's a better way. Show love, beloved. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Watch what you say out of your mouth. It's hard being a woman in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I have sisters sometimes look me up and down. I say, oh, my God, I got to strip everything to look plain for my holiness, friends. I got to watch what I say to make sure it's exo Jesus lined up for my apostolic friend. I got to stick close to the scriptures for my best friend. I got to reverence and make sure that I'm standing in line uh, with the head church of Trinity of my Catholic friends. That it is it's sad. When you try to do a work for God and you want to run in the belly of the well, good God Almighty, that you are being judged. I'm telling you, you could cut off the radio if you want. You could cut off the TV if you want. When you cut it back on, we're still going to be preaching Jesus and the requirements to be a Christian. At this point in life, in your life, I would say to all of you, Keep your eyes on the prize. Treat others you want to treat it. Yes, you may know me from the past. Yes, you may know things about me, a skeletons in my closet. Yes, but guess what? You didn't call me. You can't judge me. You don't have a heaven or hell to put me in. You don't have a jury that can judge me. Hey, hallelujah. God fixed it that I was able to go to many denominations, and I go across the board with license and ordination. That was God, able to go in any pulpit and have the qualifications. And it's sad. I don't try to go with all these titles or reverends or doctors or PhD. It's fine. But, you know, sometimes you need that because people don't even think you're qualified. Yes, my preaching is a testimony, so what? What I'm preaching about is that God saved me and God took me as I am and that I'm a nobody trying to tell somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, I want to tell him he saved me. And I was in a mockery clay and that I came through the back door to get to the front door and I was still pushed outside. That God loves us all. Beloved, you are special. God died for you. 
And God knows I wasn't going to say nothing until the 1st of February because I'm in transition doing some other things right now. But I asked God this morning, what is it he want me to say? I said, I'm going to open my mouth or whatever come out. God, I hear it again, the prejudice of believers among the brothers and sisters and the saints of God that we need to stop the foolishness. Stop it and get right. You don't know if you're going to die tomorrow. You don't know if God's going to crack open the sky. Hopefully you don't know that we can go for eternal life or to hell. Get it right, beloved. And you should hear more <laughs> of Apostle Larkin, Reverend Leroy Rice and Mrs. Rice, Reverend Michael Gray, Pastor uh, James Jones and Dr. James Jones, and the list go on, Reverend uh, Raymond Lucas. I really like, especially to stop right here, this man is a warden at a jail, and he takes time to talk about the goodness of Jesus and try to encourage those that all of us have made mistakes and came short and give them an opportunity to change. Can you believe that, that here a warden of a prison, same way that all the disciples sometimes was in the prison, that they, uh, that you have a jailer that wants to hear and teach you the gospel of Jesus Christ and give you a fair chance. I'm trying to give you a fair conversation this morning that God is going to do what he want to do. He's going to call who he wants to call. He's going to use who he want to use. He's going to use Mary. He's going to use Margie. He's going to use Martha and anybody else he wants to. He's going to use a child, adult, a woman. He's going to do what he want to do till he crack on the sky. He's God. That he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's Abba Father. He's Jehovah and that I am that I am. I would encourage you to get rid of the foolishness and give people an opportunity to do what God told them to do so they don't have to run in the belly of a whale. God bless you again. As I said, I wasn't going that way. I was just trying to give the preachers an opportunity. Matter of fact, I was trying to find a tape because I wasn't planning to really get into uh the preaching and teaching until February 1st because I'm in a transition. And I give all praise and glory to God for that. Thank you, beloved, for praying for me. Thank you for listening to the Fivefold Ministry. Yes, I have not had my concert on a Friday night. I've been preaching the word because right now we need the word. Right now we need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right now we need to hear more of what God is saying to us more so than to go into the intercourse and behind the veil. But when you go in there, it'll get your soul right, your heart right, get you right. So salute go out to uh, Apostle um, Abram this morning, Monsignor uh, um, Marcia Abrams this morning. I can't get all her titles because she got so many titles, but the lady that owns radio station, kudos go out to my dad, Dr. Apostle Anthony Mays, and to all of you. Stay encouraged, beloved, that you have a lot of eyes and ears on you, but the most important thing, you want the judgment of Christ, not the judgment of man. Because I got to a point in my life, I don't care. If God is pleased, then I'm I'm more than satisfied. Because I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If I have offended you, upset you, said something, step on your toes, just ouch, and forgive me, because I'm not perfect. I'm just saying, Mary, go tell it. I just tell what I hear in the spirit. No excuses, no apologies, because this is God's woman uh, that will tell you what thus said the Lord of hosts. God bless you today. Be encouraged. Know that you're somebody. 
get rid of the negative, don't even listen to negative, and all those naysayers. Worry about your own salvation. Sweep around your own door. Get your own house right. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am somebody in God, and nobody have a heaven or hell to put me in or to condemn me but God. And you are loved, beloved. Yes, you are. God bless you. And stay encouraged as we leave out and listen to the Fivefold Ministry daily. Uh, soon we're going to switch up some more things uh, as we expand. And as always, we couldn't have did it without your support. And we love you because Jesus loved you best. Amen. Amen. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.